The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? Yo, should we run it like this tonight? Looking pretty gangster. Should I put the bandana on my face? Hey, we're living in new times, man. Let's just do this. Good thing we have cameras. People can see what this looks like. Dude, I, I'm, I, I'm quick, dude. I got, I got up my post right now. I'm gonna do. It, I'm gonna run it like this, so no one gets it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could just be gangsters just to have my bandana just wrapped around my microphone. You know, what, what, what bandana you got? No, I got an American flag. All right, that's a cool one. Yeah. All right. So what up? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. I'm getting ready for vacation, actually, man. This whole this year, 2020, has been a gnarly year for the whole world. Yeah. And uh, for us in ministry, uh, we've had so many changes of adapting, being flexible. Um, I've personally been very busy through this whole process. So now I'm looking forward to just tune out, spend time with my family, refresh. I'm looking forward to it. And you're talking about, hey, hold on, I got to adjust my chair because I feel like I'm like really short in here, and you are like a giant, and I don't like that vibe. I want to be tall. Sorry, man. One day I want to be tall. Um, you're talking about Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs, yeah. at my dad's church, Raul Reese's church. There's been a lot of adjustments. You guys are actually doing two services now, right? Yeah, tomorrow morning we're kicking off doing two services, 9 and 11. We're doing it inside the sanctuary, so we're excited. Are you doing inside? We are doing some inside tomorrow. So And, out, and you have outside. And, and outside. We got everything going on. Yeah. Um, but... I, the Lord's leading us, and I think we're excited for what God has for us. Heck yeah. So check it out. What, what time are the services? Services 9 and 11. You can go to CalvaryGS.org, or you can go to Somebody Loves You YouTube Worldwide. All of our services are streamed uh, throughout the weekend, especially Sunday morning. Heck yeah. And uh, they said my dad got COVID. He did. Um, yeah. So th- funny story is I was, I've been in Idaho on, on tour, and I called back, and Said he got COVID, and I said, "Well, how how you doing?" And he starts laughing. Yes, and, and I'm you like, "Never take him seriously." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like, he's like, I have COVID." I'm all, "Dad, I'm all, you're a liar." <laughs> no, I have it, Ryan. I have it. And, he, and I'm like, "Okay, so how do you feel?" And he's like, "Uh, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "So wait, it didn't affect you?" He's like, I, "I I just felt like I had like the flu. My stomach hurt a little bit, and I had a cough for a couple of days." Uh-huh. But what happens is. But and he was sleeping obviously with my mom in in the bed, mm-hmm. you know, for five days. And finally, they went. He went to go get checked, and the doctor ended up saying he had it. My mom never got it, mm-hmm. and uh, thank God. And uh, he was walk, you know, just you know, just uh, yeah. So that was the deal. So didn't really. Um, now he had to be. He kind of stayed locked down. He was on lockdown. Part. He was in lockdown yeah. up in his office and everything. Yeah. He sent me a picture and he was making chips and salsa in his chips office. and salsa in his bathroom. <laughs> his bathroom. In his bathroom. Oh, right. Oh, but he sent that to me and then you sent it to me. <laughs> so yeah, no, he had to be uh, quarantined. Yeah. Because that's what the the health center uh, tells. My mom's actually quarantined right now, as well, because she they found out you know or they told her. Um, to stay quarantined for an extra X amount of days. But yeah. yeah. He's totally good. He got cleared this last Monday. He's good to go. He spoke he's good on, to go now, yeah, yes. He spoke on Wednesday. He's going to be back tomorrow morning, so he's good to go. There are a lot of people that were calling and, and your friends, people that known yeah. him for so many years. Yes. So Raul Reese is doing great. Yes, yes. We've been getting a lot of messages. Even, uh, you know, uh, Brian Perez hit us up, too, from, uh, you know, from the station here. 
But yeah, a lot of people have been reaching out, and uh, he's doing good, and uh, he's just a character, that guy. He is hilarious. That's a, when he says it, because <laughs> if people don't know him, he's a jokester. So when he said it, I was like, No oh, one God. believed it. No one believed it. <laughs> no one believed it. It's but, like when I told him, Hey, Dad, I, I, we're pregnant with twins. No, shut up. You're lying, Ryan. So like when he tells me things, I'm like, Dad, no, you don't have COVID. You're a liar. Yeah, I do. No. If you, and I, the last thing I'll say about that, when I found out that he had it, then he had to be quarantined. I was like, how are you going to stay in one place for two weeks or a week and a half or whatever? Um, he did it. If you, if you know my dad's personality, you'd be laughing. Anyone that knows him knows that he's just a madman in that way. Okay, so... Um, what else has been going on? Well, so you got those things going on. I was in Idaho. But, hey, you know what? Before I start the show, I got a, a pretty um, interesting text last night from my friend, um, Alan. He's the uh, – I don't know if he still is, but he was the youth pastor for Calvary Chapel, um, Old Bridge. And we're actually on their stations out there in, in, in New York City and New Jersey. And they're all up, up and down New York and, and the surrounding areas on several stations. But uh, he texted me with this interesting information last night, and I was like, man, I want to hear more. Then I realized I'm doing a live radio show tomorrow, so that's tonight. And I said, let's just get him on the call and hear what he has to say, because I think the world needs to hear this. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and call him in. So we got Alan from uh, Calvary Chapel, um, Old Bridge in uh, New Jersey. Alan, what is good? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey. Hey, so check this out. So I just introduced you as a youth pastor from Calvary Chapel, Old Bridge. Are you st- what? What's your current position uh, now? What, what's your What's your title over there? Yeah, so I am definitely the youth pastor. I'm focusing on young adults ministry, but overseeing the high school and junior high ministries, as well as a, co- a couple other things going on at the church as well. Yeah, and your your church. Um, your church got pretty hit hit pretty hard with uh, COVID at one point because I remember texting you and you were telling me how mm-hmm. um, your your worship pastor got it and then just started spreading and everyone shut shut it down or something, right? Yeah, so we had probably about three or four church members that we personally know that actually passed away through the virus. Mm-hmm. So um, New York City, know that it was the hardest hit out of you know anyone in the country with covid and yep. new jersey was number two so we have a lot of people that were affected working in the city and just a lot of chaos so you have um not only new york city just getting pummeled with mm-hmm. uh coronavirus but also the racial tension right after mm-hmm. and new york city being one of the kind of the epicenter of of a lot of the violence happening in these cities that we're seeing around the country so all that combined has led actually, and this is what I told you yesterday, Ryan, a uh, mass exodus of people out of New York City. Right now, the Upper West Side has a 40% vacancy. Wow. Um, so just massive amounts of people just leaving. And some of those are just, you know, people who have second and third homes and they're just choosing to spend it in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. But they're estimating that a lot of people are actually not going to return. I heard as far as even 250,000 people not returning to New York City. So with this mass exodus, the people that are staying behind are kind of the hardcore New Yorkers, you know, mm-hmm. um, willing to stick it out. But um, it kind of looks like a huge challenge for church ministry. But in talking with a friend the other day, he was just kind of saying how, and he lives in the city, he was saying how New York City has had these mass exoduses before. Last time was in the 70s, and that's when 
Tim Keller, Jim Cimbala, David Wilkerson, they all kind of moved in when crime was rising. You know, the police shootings have doubled in New York City in the past month or in, two. Oh, in the and, past uh, month it doubled. Oh, yeah, it's all over the news. Yeah, well, yeah. so n- now it's August. So I guess it's June. June was uh, June 2019, there was 90 shootings. June 2020, there was 200 shootings. Wow. This, and when you when you say uh, the the Upper East Side, this is like what like uh, like Greenwich Village, so uh, Soho, and all those those different areas up there. Well, it's 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 more upper than that, but we're um, but we're looking at. I mean, you can kind of look this up right now. The New York Times has an article, and it kind of highlights uh, a lot of these areas that actually have these vacancies. So you have like Brooklyn Heights, you have. Uh, West Village, Soho, uh, decreasing by as much as forty percent. Dude, that is crazy. Um, so the whole man. I, yeah, I, I've heard of you know a, a lot of so obviously, like you said, you know, with everything that's been hit in twenty twenty, New York was the, all the focus because obviously that's where the cases, as well as New Jersey, like you said, mm-hmm. as the second most, and nowhere else was close at that particular time. Now other places have surged a little bit. I know that New York's going down a little bit now. Um, but yeah, the after effects, like we've seen that as well. Obviously, we've seen violence all throughout our nation right now and, and New York being hit. Um, I, I, a lot of people are questioning, too, like even people that are in congested areas of Los Angeles and like New York and some places. There are those arguments, too, where it's like, hey, if anything like this happens again, we're like right on top of each other. Yeah. Like, you know, we're like in a, in a bad setup for any of these kind of things, you know. And then you throw in the, the violence and everything and causing this exodus it's incredible it's incredible so on that text last night you were talking about the harvest being ripe what uh i know that you were right before all this thing happened right before the whole pandemic and everything happened you were planning to uh do a church plant in the city so what what are you seeing um leading up to this point of you seeing like a revival being being right beside obviously there's all kinds of violence and all the stuff that's going on i mean people are are, are desperately open for for the truth at this point but what what have been some stories or or interaction you've had with people there yeah well i think it's kind of the same thing we you see with the youth you guys um there's a there's a huge smoke screen right now and it's remembering that social media is not real where people say like the youth are lost and then you kind of do these outreaches and then massive numbers of youth are coming to christ right i think it's the same thing with new york city it's just that people kind of just give up on the city because it's so secular Mm. as much as 80% of New York city can be considered to, to be secular and not having any religious affiliation. Mm. Um, But then you have conversations and you assume because of social media that everyone's anti-Christian, anti-God. And uh, when you actually have these conversations, they just, they literally have not heard the gospel. Mm. Yeah. And people aren't articulating it to them because they're afraid of how the reaction is going to be or, you know, with the violence and these different things that are put out in the media. You just have this, this, this fear that goes into these conversations that as soon as you have them, you realize, wow, this person really has no idea what the gospel is. Right. And they're open to being able to hear it. Yep. That's so the- I'm, I'm even surveying some people on Instagram. I'm, you know, it's been hard up until this point to actually make – uh, trips into the city, but I'm, I've actually started as of this past week. So I've just been going on Instagram and messaging uh, different people that live in the city, just saying, hey, what's the general feel towards religion right now? And do you feel like religious groups are doing any 
any good work towards uh, rebuilding New York City. Hmm. And they're all just kind of like, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I'm not the right person to ask. I don't really know anything about that. Wait, so they don't really have an opinion. Hmm. In Manhattan and uh, in the New Jersey area, it was some of those key areas, are you guys back to, are, are things opening up more right now or are things still like kind of shut down? Like in the cities? Yeah, things are starting to open up. New Jersey is a little different. Uh, the governor has given a provision to up to 100 people can gather inside, mm-hmm. and for religious services, they can be unlimited outside. Got it. Hmm. Well, New York City, um, it's about 25% capacity, I believe. Well, like you said, Alan, you know, as we've been going to the to the schools and you know, people are people would say, "Why? How are you guys getting into public schools?" And you're allowed to talk about God, and the kids are shut down to to the whole God thing. But what we've seen is the complete opposite. Hmm. We're able to get in, and when you're talking about Jesus, they just never heard the gospel. And it's funny. I mean, you could talk to people that are wearing these. A lot of these kids or whoever I'm talking to have crosses that they're wearing around their neck or in their ears or whatever, and they don't even know that the story about what the cross represents, who, you know, Jesus Christ is. And that's also an open door. And that's, I think that is definitely the world at large is that for whatever reason, um, people think that they're not open, but there is a, a great openness. And I'm, I'm with you, man. I believe that the harvest is ripe. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding opportunity to get to New York or New Jersey or I'll go wherever God opens the door and and go you know because if he's with us then we don't we don't have to worry it's gonna it's gonna go down and i believe even here in california it's uh you know there's there's an exodus happening in california as well Mm -hmm. there's an exodus happening in california because everything that's going on here and um now is the time for for the gospel i think everything's ramping up but people are open and um yeah so i'm I'm just waiting to see as god opens doors we just gotta we just gotta literally be able to step out of the boat like Peter and just go for it, you know, not be scared. Yeah. If I could just say one last thing, it would be, uh, you know, I grew up watching the the film that was made out of that book, The Cross of the Switchblade. Yeah. The David Wilkerson story. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that man had that boldness to go in Mm -hmm. to the gangs and just share the love of Jesus. And no one else was doing it because it was something that it was, you know, people were afraid of how they would react and, and these people were so lost. Like, who's going to be able to reach these people? Yeah. And looking at the situation that we're in right now, I'm looking at a neighborhood in Brooklyn that has zero evangelical churches. And that's the place that I'm, I'm looking to, to make headway in. And it can be scary, you know, just not knowing what's going to happen. And is it going to be successful? It's kind of popular to plant a church in areas where there's already Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, I think if we really step into the places where no one's willing to go, that's where we have the opportunity to see God show up the most. I, I agree 100%. And it's funny, is, um, I was actually I was uh, in a meeting with, uh, we, we were doing like this little web webcast show with Victory Outreach, and I was on the show with the, uh, the grandson, Ryan, and the founder, Sonny. And him and, and uh, they, were, they had pictures of Wilkerson, um, David Wilkerson, because Sonny came from Teen Challenge, and Wilkerson started Teen mm. Challenge in New York City. He got saved. He was a heroin junkie. Sonny was a heroin junkie, Italian guy that got saved off of heroin through Wilkerson. Wow. And th- and it's funny, I'm seeing these photos, and Wilkerson was this white guy in a suit. He wore suits. That's why if you look at yep. Victory Outreach, all those guys wear suits. 
That's where all that came from. So you got this white guy in New York in the the the, the crazy time, and he's totally leading these kids. He's a straight-up, like, conservative guy preaching the gospel and leading all these guys to the Lord, and they're getting saved, they're getting healed, the whole thing, and getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, that guy did not st- – it was almost like, you know, Chuck was with the hippies. Yeah. Well, the, oh, you got yeah. all these gangbangers and all these heroin junkies, and this guy's in like a like. So Chuck wasn't even in a suit and tie, he you know he was like in turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah. But this guy is in a conservative suit and tie going into these these areas. I mean, the guy stood out like a sore thumb. You know what I mean? Well, I think that these opportunities they can spawn a lot of great big things of ministry because what happens is there's brokenness. The, it's the reality of the frailty of life right before you. And for us as ministry, it changes us. It, it, it changes our focus, too. You, you see the importance of uh, big churches that are all full of entertainment and all that kind of stuff. Those things can't impact in the, these moments of their life. You know, yeah. being genuine. People want genuine faith. They want that, that you truly care for them, that you're not here with some alternative motives. And anything, any ministry that's birthed in God's love is always going to be beneficial and so I, that's cool alan like even where god's like leading your heart in the brooklyn area especially where you you don't see any any movement you don't see any work that's taken place as far as other churches or whatever amazing i i would strongly encourage you to continue pursuing that yeah man i'm excited to see what's going to happen there and hopefully we can connect and, and come alongside and whatever you're doing out there as a as, as a support man I, I love I love being in those situations I, I love my favorite thing is to be in the darkest spots in the most sketchy um, areas because the power of God shines the brightest and and God moves like the power of God as you preach the gospel you will see the power of God move in these places it happens because when you go in all you can depend on is God in those places and he shows up uh, every time so Hey, man, okay. love you, man. Uh, to say hi to your wife, the kids. Well, and um, I still want to get your, your, your wife on the show to, to tell her testimony. We might just have to do it like this, like a crazy. call in, because I don't know, yeah. you know, when you're going to be out, when you guys are going to be out here or whatever. But uh, we'll get it. We'll get it cracking, all right? Sounds great. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for calling in, Alan. Take it easy, man. Peace. All right. All right, all right. bye-bye. Bye. Legit. Good stuff. Good stuff. Alan's cool, man. We we got to do a rad conference out there with Austin Carlisle, the lead singer from Of Mice and Man, myself. I think Ben Corson was even there too for that one. There was there were several people out there. That's legit. So yeah, man. So that's happening and we're gonna see what's gonna crack off with, with Los Angeles and California um in the coming months. And we're just gonna continue uh giving the the gospel out. I mean, just preaching the gospel. Um, I want to actually put the the phone line in. We're we're live in studio tonight with Sean McKeon. Uh, this is the Ryan Reese Show, and we are going to be here for the next hour till ten o'clock, taking calls. Number is triple eight five six four six one seven three triple eight five six four six one seven three. That's the live calling. We want to hear you guys. Any questions? Any comments? It's all good. Hit us up. Um, you know, I was talking about my, my New York, about New York, and my wife's texts me. She's like, don't act like you know about New York. Just because she worked in New York. You know how many times I've flown to New York, all right, Crystal? So just relax, all right? When you were a little baby, I was touring, the, I was touring New York. <laughs> 
so funny. Yeah, she lived up there in uh, that Soho area doing some work. Okay, t- let's talk a little bit with, with the listeners right now. As calls start coming in, Ryan, of like your trip to Idaho. You've been in Idaho for what, three weeks or four weeks. And, you know, I was following you through the social media, seeing all of the skate park events. They looked legit. Like, um, tell us about it. Yeah, man. So, so we've been sitting here for like three months or four months. Obviously, we tour schools and, you know, everything just got shut down. I got to do a couple like, and I got to do the Calvary Chapel East Coast Conference, um, you know, digital campaign. Oh, yeah. Or whatever, like the, the conference. Right? Yeah, we got to do that with Calvary Chapel Philly. And I got to work, you know, we did like an online digital school tour. Kill the noise. You know, I got to do some online stuff, but uh, you know, I've just been sitting around. I mean, working on other projects, but just really wanted to get out and 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 and, and preach the gospel. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm just like was waiting for opportunity, and then I got I got a call from my cousin X to go up there and visit him up in uh, Idaho. He lives up there in that area. So I went up there, and when I arrived, I realized that the whole place was open. It was open for business. Like businesses open, schools are open. You know. Um, there's nothing shut down. So I'm like, all right, look it. And they have amazing skate parks. I'm going to be honest. I want to just go for the skate parks because <laughs> they're like, they're building there, right? They're yeah. developing. So they got all these like new skate plazas. It's just epic. And then like, they got the river. You just jump in the river, jump off bridges into the river. It's like California, like 30 years ago. No one's suing anyone. There's like freedom, guns, so you, guns and God. It's amazing. So you went out there for a little bit. And so you got a kind of a feel for it. So basically I went up there, I got a feel for it. And I was like, man, this is kind of like Cali, like the weather right now in the summers and the sun stays up to like 1030. So I got the feel for it. I'm like, this is nice. And everything's shut down. And then we found out California was about to get shut down again, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was happening right now. So I'm like, I want to preach the gospel and I want to obey the law, obviously. But if, if we go to Idaho and everything's open, Wyoming's open, North Dakota, South Dakota, um, Montana, all these, these states are open up there. So I'm like, well, if they're open and legally I could go and preach the gospel in these, these churches and these areas, mm-hmm. then I'm going to go. So I'm like, I, I got an idea. I'm like, I'm going to – I went up and looked up online all the skate parks. And I was like, okay, so there's 13 skate parks, but there's seven really good skate parks. So I go, okay, I'm gonna create a, I'm gonna create a artwork like a flyer with all the skate parks, the time, the place, the date in a row with a hundred dollars best trick contest. So I had our designer design it. I got the money, hundred dollars for the best trick. Create, uh, printed ten thousand flyers and a couple hundred posters, and I packed my family up and we drove straight to Idaho, like fourteen hours or fifteen hours, right? Mm-hmm. We get there. I have all the materials, and I just landed there, and I just started every single day going to all the going to all 13 skate parks, and I just started throwing flyers up on the walls, the posters, and not the skate parks. Every single day, all the skate parks for two weeks straight. So basically, as I started going, as I'm I'm skating the skate parks, I'm talking to uh, the, the the local skaters, I'm communicating. So then, after about a week of me showing up, they all start recognizing me and. Hey, what up? What up? And I'm like, post the photos on your Instagram and your stories. Get the word out. So then the the last week of the trip, I basically tell uh, the, the whosoever team to come in. So we had like several people come in. Uh, Christina, uh, Daniel, this pro snowboarder, Tom, Benny, our f- videographer. Because I'm like, we're going to make another tour video. Yeah. So anyway, they all showed up the last week and we basically started the skate contest. And... But uh, downtown Boise was a little shut down, as in like uh, you know you have to wear masks. Restricted, yeah. Yeah, more more not totally restricted, but 
There's a, they're a little bit more restricted in downtown Boise. But when I'm talking about Boise, Idaho, I'm talking about all the surrounding cities. Right. And that's where we did all the skate parks, all the surrounding cities. And we did some actually in downtown Boise as well. Um, two skate parks in downtown Boise. But um, anyway, long story short, uh, we just started showing up to the skate parks. And, dude, we were like, they were jumping. Like, literally, we were having like 100 to 200 kids, depending on the skate parks. And uh, with parents and everyone, you know, and it was open. It was totally open. Uh, and, dude, we, we did the best trick contest. And then after, I'd get everyone together. I'd have everyone uh, just gather around me. And then I'd say, let me tell you guys why why we do this. And, you know, I tell them, we're the whosoever's. We normally tour schools. But, you know, it's summer. California's closed down. So I came up here to tell my story. And I had I spoke. I told my testimony. Um, um, Tom uh, Gillis, he's an ex-pro snowboarder. Uh, he told his testimony. I had Jarris from Calvary Chapel St. Pete. Tell his story. He's in our Whosoever's uh, Kill the Noise film on our website right now. He told his testimony. And, dude, everyone was giving their life to Jesus. Like, literally everywhere we went, and we would basically pray. For, uh, we would lead them to the Lord, lead them in a prayer of repentance. We'd give them the life books. And then um, and then from there uh, also, then we just, we'd just be praying for people, you know, that were, that, that were like, sick or if they, you know, need to get healed, and we were praying for people, and God was moving and touching people's lives. It was just like the book of Acts or the Gospels, again, mm-hmm. same stuff happening, filming people's, these kids' testimonies, how God encountered their life, what they've been going through, and we're filming it. We're, we're actually in, right now editing a new movie that will be out in a few weeks um, with this uh, new skate tour, but it, it was... It was powerful, and I, I reached out to a bunch of churches, and, and a few churches got on board. The couple Calvary Chapel, um, Calvary Chapel, Homedale, and then um, Calvary Chapel, Calvary. I don't know some other church like in Boise mm-hmm. came alongside a couple of the youth pastors, but uh, and Treasure Island, Calvary Chapel, Treasure Island. So it was uh, it was really awesome. But I don't want to ruin the stories because um, we're gonna I'm gonna bring in uh, everyone from the whosoever's that went on that trip for another radio show, and I'm gonna have them tell their sides of the story, what happened as they were doing ministry. Well, um, from that, you know, you're you're talking about wanting to go to more places, doing more kill the noise. You're, you're popping off in all these different places that are open. There's opportunities out there. I mean, you kind of nailed them right now. Talking about like Montana, South Dakota. So you're thinking about going to all those locations right now? Um, yes, uh, we are going to be going to. Uh, oh, you know where else I went? I forgot. We went to Salmon, Idaho, which was about six and a half hours up north from Boise. I spoke there at this little town. Their town was, um, it was bigger than, or oh, it was smaller than uh, the ghost town in Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> the downtown area. Really? Yeah, dude. And it's just a more beautiful place, but uh, just a small little town called Salmon, uh, Idaho. And the pastor's 24 years old, young Calvary Chapel pastor. Wow. And the church is like booming. Two services, brand new church right on the strip. He's just really awesome. Um, so we're, we connected with him. We're planning to go back and tour schools in his local community. And then the next day, I drove to Hedgewater's. Uh, to Driggs as well, and we did. Uh, I did. I spoke at a Calvary Chapel there as well. So it was the word got out that I was in Boise, and everyone was calling up, "Hey, we'll fly you in." And I'm like, "I'm not flying to no Indiana Jones plane that lands on water at your on your lake or your river." I'm like, "I'm driving up." So I drove a thousand miles in like two days, two Sunday morning services and a Sunday night. Wow! But uh, it was it was really uh, it was driving a lot. 
Yeah. You go I, back and forth. I'm not getting on no Indiana Jones plane, all right? <laughs> I've seen too many of those movies. You drove, those planes always go down. No. Family went both times, so you drove with your family. I didn't take them. Okay, so the one day in 24 hours when I drove to Salmon and the Driggs, yeah. I didn't take them on that leg just because the kids will lose their minds right. in the back of the seats, For you know? Sure. But they were with me the rest of the, the the trip. They were coming to the skate parks. Like, they're in the movie, or they're going to be in the film. They're like, Legit. my wife, like, when the team showed up, my wife, like, made pancakes and everyone for the whole team. And then the whole team, we had a trampoline in the backyard that we rented, uh, the Airbnb. So everyone was doing flips. And it was, it was just a really, this new movie is going to be really cool. It has a whole different uh, perspective and storytelling that I'm very excited about. Um, we're going to be going to break in a minute. But I, I do want to plug the Whosoever's movie that we have out right now. It's free. It's at thewhosoevers.com. It's, it's called the Kill the Noise Tour. It's a, it shows a tour where we did like 36 events in 12 days in, in Mexico. It's a radical revival video. If you want to see the Gospels or the Book of Acts come to life in 2020, go watch that film. It's up there right now for free. And then the new film will be coming. Also, we are, like you said, uh, Sean, we are booking a tour right now, starting in August, September, November, uh, I can't even, what are the months? August, September, October, November, we're going to be going, we're working on booking schools on the Northwest Tour, Utah, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho, Montana. These are all the open states right now where we can do ministry, where the schools are open, and we're even thinking about possibly, just to keep it really safe, maybe just do after-school events like we used to. Um, outside in their school, like in their quad. So it's not indoors. So we're looking uh, to keep it obviously COVID safe with everything. And, you know, you have to do tests even before you enter the school. All right. Well, I guess that's the break and uh, came in hot. So we'll talk to you guys actually in two minutes right after the break. Peace. More of the Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now back, back, back to the Ryan Reese Show. All right, we are back. And I got Sean McKeon in studio. And uh, man, this show has been epic so far. Good stuff, good uh, information from Alan over at Calvary Chapel, uh, Jersey the beginning of the show talking about what's what's happening over there 40% exodus in New York yeah wow it's going down so hey Sean um, I'm going to give out this number and then let's uh let's grab some of these questions while these other questions come in yep. from the people calling in 800 I'm sorry the number is 888-564-6173 888-564 6173 Holler at us. We want to hear what you guys uh have to say. Any comments, any questions? And uh let's go for this one. Um uh, here we go. What other states do the Hoosoers plan on visiting next? Anywhere that's open. <laughs> Pretty much anywhere that's open. Um I, I just talked about what we're planning to do at the beginning of the show. Um, or I'm sorry, at the beginning of the uh the end of the break there. Uh we were talking about going to South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho. And Montana right now to the to the, do the high school tours. Um, if there's any other states that are open, we would love to come. We'll keep it COVID safe, but we can do after school assemblies or whatever. But the gospel must be preached because suicide and depression and anxiety are going through the roof and a, and drug abuse. 
No, it's it's huge right now. And you touch know, on that. You know, hearing about what's taking place in New York, and we're here in California. When you were gone, uh, the big news that popped off these last two weeks are the California school districts or LA LA Unified School District. I know Orange County, San Bernardino, Riverside, all these close ones around us. They're not going to be going back to school. They're going to go full online. I know Orange County is trying to make it work so they'll be able to have in uh, in class. Um, classes why does that matter why do we bring that up i don't want to get into all the politics behind all of it but there is a trickle-down effect we are already seeing people battling with depression alcohol drugs even more and for kids being home all the time there's going to be a lot of challenges in a lot of people's lives and um i think we're going to get a big hit right now ryan on these levels i think ministry right now is just going to pop off in a lot of ways and a lot of opportunities and bringing that up, Ryan, and then tying in what Alan was saying in the beginning, I think that question towards the end where it says, if we are living in the last days, how come all Christians do not have that sense of urgency to do outreach and to witness the unsaved? Like, we're talking about that. I know your heart of evangelism and, and sharing the gospel, but why is there a little bit of a lax on some people, or why is there not that urgency? Uh I don't know. I mean, there's there could be a, several things. Um, just off the top of my head, um, I think that there's fear. People are scared mm. to to interact with people. Um, you know, I know that the COVID is 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 taking people's lives, um, and I also know that there's several people that are that are getting it that are surviving. We know that the the rate is like ninety eight point nine percent recovery rate. Um, so, you know, there's not <laughs> the flu is killing more people, and uh, I think there's a lot of hype and a lot of fear. So people are scared to go out and interact and, and be with people. Um, and I think there's ways to to do it where it's safe, hmm. you know, safe. Yeah. Um, there's ways to do it safe, and because of the fear and everything that's going on, that that's why I think the harvest is so ripe. You know, because people are scared to die and all that. Right now is the best time to be talking about eternal life, life after death. You know, what happens if you die? Um, it's like the insurance, you know. It's like life insurance, basically, is is, is receiving Jesus Christ. So, um, and on top of all that, the whole other reason why there needs to be an urgency is because we know for the fact that, I, I just heard a statistic the other day that they said that there's been more suicides in California than the amount of people that have been taken by COVID since the whole pandemic has started. So, so with that said, people are desperate. Depression, anxiety, suicide, drug abuse, or let's say substance abuse, alcohol abuse. Um, uh, what's that called where you're beating your wife or you're, you know, a spouse or domestic abuse, yeah. domestic abuse, um, domestic violence. All these things are, are rising right now. Yeah, for, for and it's gonna get crazier. Yeah, they're on lock. We're on lockdown again. Exactly, and you know what we are seeing right now in the world. So I think I heard somebody talk about this the other day. Like it's actually making the Bible come to life even more because what you see is the the heart of man on display. You know, we have gone through a, a, a testing, a, a tragedy. There have been many lives that have been lost uh, due to the sickness, but this trickle down effect of the chaos that is 
that we have faced in our nation and the unrest and, you know, people questioning things. Like you got to question news sources so often because things are so biased and you're trying to be discerning and you're trying to, to communicate to friends and family. And you might be out there tonight, you know, you're wrestling with these things as well. Maybe you're battling with depression. Maybe you're battling with alcohol or suicidal thoughts or as we were talking about, maybe you're living in fear. Um, you have a question regarding some of the things that we're speaking about here this evening. We encourage you to call in. The number is 888-564-6173. Again, 888-564-6173. Yeah, you know, I was listening to Tony Evans on the way up here. He's a, he's a, he's a black dude from, black pastor from um, Texas. Dr. Tony Evans. Yep. Download the app. It's epic. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> I love that dude. Uh He's actually on this radio station. Um, he's the man. I've never met him, but that'll be a cool day to meet him. But um, he was talking about on one of his studies. Uh, he was talking about how addressing we gotta right now. Everyone's addressing the skin, but not the sin. That's what he would say. The sin, not the skin. And the whole study is basically what he's talking about. Is we have all these things that are going on in culture, and uh, it's and we've talked about this before. It's sin. It's sin in man because if we keep addressing these the issues and not the the main problem, the heart problem of sin, then we're gonna just be going on conversations for hours and years and years and years, and there'll be no change. It's sin in man. It's not the the skin color or you know yeah. whatever. It's I mean, what what are the issues that we're dealing with? Okay, let's just let's just name off. We got pedophilia, pet 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 Hollywood pedophilia. We got human trafficking. We got racism, we got abuse, we got drugs, um, we got the depression, all these different things that are happening in culture. I don't know if I've missed any. And we got, I mean, we're at war. The, the financial crisis. That people financial crisis, all these different things. We, what, we, what needs to happen is basically what, there's that one Chronicles verse that talks about if my people come, come to me, they repent, mm -hmm. I will hear from heaven and I will restore their land. Yeah. And that's basically what it comes down to. You know, God's just really been leading me on this whole repentance thing re recently. I think more than ever, when I'm sharing, it's all about repenting on sin, sin, sin. That's what God, that's what we need in our nation right now is the, just the sin. I, I, I've been hitting it really hard. I, I'm always a cross guy though, you know, but I'm hitting it even harder again the way I used to really, really hit it hard. I think that's what's going on is people need to repent. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord and he could... He needs to heal us mm -hmm. physically, you know, and, or spiritually before he can move in and through us. Brokenness is the key in, in a relationship with God. And we saw our nation that got hit by the COVID-19 and everybody was getting humbled. Everybody was, what was the talk about? Man, I'm not distracted with a lot. I'm spending more time with my family. I'm starting to see what some things that are, are important in my life. And before you know it, you know, all of this other stuff popped off and now there's confusion now. Now it's all people's worldly wisdom of remedies to fix things. Okay, we gotta change a label on a particular syrup. We gotta change this. We gotta we gotta cancel this person because of something they said in 1996. We gotta do this, and they're working on all of these these after effects of the problem. And what the root of it is, like you were saying, and like Tony Evans is saying too, it is a sin thing. It is a heart thing. Yeah. There's nobody perfect. I don't care where you are at in the United States of America or in, or in this world, you fall short of the glory of God. And the remedy to that is always the cross. It's always acknowledging your sin 
and acknowledging that you need help and the Lord is the one that is the creator of this world and mm -hmm. of us. So back to your question, with all that said, if we are living in the last days, how come all Christians do not have the sense of urgency to do outreach and witness to the unsaved? So that's, that's one reason is fear. What's another reason? What could, what, like, what's your opinion? What do you think? How come, how come there's not this crazy urgency? You know, I, for me, it seems like, I want you to answer this, but like a lot of people will address, oh my gosh, look at the world. Look at, look at what these Christians are doing. Look at this pastor. It's like, they're, it's like I've seen, what, what I've also seen is a lot of Christians judging how other people are doing ministry because it's not the way they think it should be done or they don't do it exactly the same way. And it's like, it's almost like the people that are actually doing it are getting beat up by some of the other Christians that are, that are yeah. like judging them and, but they're not doing anything. All they're doing is complaining about the way other people are, are doing outreach. That's a whole nother side that I get really not too stoked on, on Christians. There's ones that, that don't have the urgency. And then there's the ones that just complain about everyone that's doing it, but they're not doing anything. All they're doing is judging people and putting videos out about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think that what it comes down to is all we have to be broken. The church has to be broken. The church has to be broken to see the need that is going on in our world today. And it can't be the mindset of like, I just need everything to go back to normal how it once was, how I did my program. Somebody that's led by the Spirit of God is open to other opportunities that God might have for you. I had this conversation with your dad two weeks ago in his office where it's like, as we are putting stuff, trying to get things back to where, where they once were, I think we also have to come to a reality of like, things are going to be a little bit different and that's okay. And then maybe God's going to, you know, if you look at history, I know Alan brought it up earlier about what was taking place in New York City, but this has been happening in hundreds of years when tragedy hit a nation or a community, it opened up opportunities to reach out to the communities. And I think it has to be very natural. I, I think that we have to step out of our, our comfort zones. And I, I'm praying myself, like, what other aspects that God wants to, to use me in these days that we're living in today as well, right? And so I think that one of the hindrances is that people are so stuck in the way how they think things should be done and they want to go back to their mold and it's not going that way. And so they don't know how to be flexible. And what you said exactly, I'm going to piggyback off what you were talking about because at the beginning of that sentence, mm -hmm. you said, go back to normal. Let's talk about that <laughs> because me and my wife are talking about going back to normal. What if it never goes back to normal? Like people are like waiting, like, you know, there's people in bands that, that are like, well, we're just waiting for it to go back to normal. I've heard them say, yeah. what if it never goes back to normal for years? Then what? Like you got to come up with a plan B. Like you, if it doesn't go back to normal, then you need, we need to come up with a way that you're going to have to produce albums and, and create revenue and do digital tours or something because we don't know if it's going to go back to normal. Is church ever going to go back to normal? Is outreaches to schools ever going to go back to normal? This may be the new normal. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer or anything. And I hope, you know, yeah. I don't think it's, I think it's going to change. But who stinking knows if this is the last days and we know that all this stuff is happening, maybe this is the way it's going to be until Jesus comes back. Now, going back to yeah. normal, we got it. Like the other thing you said is like, we got to adapt and overcome. We got to come up with new ideas and what's God going to do with you now, Sean, mm -hmm. you know? So here's, here's what happened about going back to normal. We were in Idaho and uh, 
you know, we couldn't get into schools, and, and this, this, this church called us, uh, Calvary Chapel, Tyler, he's the youth pastor for Calvary Chapel, Homedale. He said, Ryan, uh, we want to do an outreach. Um, we want to do an outreach with you guys. And I said, at our church. But then they were like, uh, well, his, his pastor actually ended up getting uh, sick, so we, they, we couldn't do it at his church. So he goes, well, just, just do it at the park, you know, just we'll, we'll just do it at a park. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, park outreach, I'm like, I'm not really into park outreaches. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, might feel awkward. It's kind of weird. Like yeah. for me, I'm not into. I don't like doing those or like speaking about park outreaches. I've never kind of really been into that. But then I'm like, well, what if it never goes back to normal? Like, let's just think out of the box. I'm like, okay, we have all the kill the noise. We have the speakers. We have the setup. We have the mascot. We have the full setup. I'm like, let's just do a kill the noise event in a park because guess what? What if it never goes back to normal? What if we never could go into school again? The Kill the Noise tour must continue. We got to continue to reach people. We got to continue to preach the gospel. We have the, we, we know if we, when we set up the Kill the Noise event, it turns into a party wherever we're at. Okay, we'll just start a party in this park, right? Instead of just going there and having a worship band and yeah. being dull and, and having a speaker, let's create a party and some excitement and see what happens in the community. Well, we thought, out of the box. What if it never goes back to normal? So we did. They got flyers. We had, they invited several different people. They, they put flyers on all their houses. And dude, we had a good turnout. Yeah. And dude, all kinds of kids got saved. And God moved and it was sick. From my perspective, watching yeah. what you guys did, and I, I was going to be stoked when you bring these guys in to talk about it. But that's what you felt like. It was like joy. It was like dope. It looked like you guys just had an amazing time. Some yeah. of those kids were, were legit. And that just the energy that you could see just through the social media was phenomenal to, to me. And I think that that's what people need to see. They need to see being able to be open for what God has. And, you know, there are very valuable lessons to be learned right now. This is really going to shape. This is shaping you and molding you. Situations happen. Um, I was talking to somebody recently about this. It's like, man, this is what we speak about. The book of Acts, like Paul had moments that were ministries just going off and then he had other moments where they weren't he also had closed doors and had open doors yep and the closed doors didn't hinder him from doing more god would continue speaking to him and would lead him in different areas because he was being led by the spirit of god that's where we need to be you bring up that industry like you know there's musicians out there probably going through the challenges we know a lot of people that do um, the events themselves. And one of the, the guys is from our, our ministry. He's our sound guy, and he al also does multiple events. In three weeks, lost hundreds of thousands of dollars of jobs, just like that overnight. And he has built his company for the last 10, 12 years and has been successful. And, and just like that, and then the news comes out, they're hopefully they'll be able to get a tour down in September. And then that change. Now there might not be any events till 2021. And you're seeing all of these things kind of snowball. And he himself um, going through financial difficulties. You know, um, his last week, his mom just had a heart attack. And I had this conversation with him just last week, Ryan, and it blew me away. And I've been thinking about it a lot because this is what he said. A man that is going through this challenge, he said that COVID-19 and what has hit our nation has been the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my walk with God. And I know him well. I'm like, what, what do you mean? He's like, it's caused me to trust in him more. My relationship with my wife is on point. My, 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 my kid. 
We, we're having an amazing time together, and I'm getting closer to God's heart. And so if my company doesn't go back to where, what it once was, and I'm not making that revenue that I once did, like as long as I'm close with God, I'm okay with that. And maybe he's going to use me in different ways. Yep. And I think that that mentality should be on every platform. Um, it doesn't matter what your job is or it's ministry or if it's not ministry. I think that's where we need to be in order to be flexible. Well, think about this. So when I decided to go to Idaho, I went up there with the idea going, okay, God, like I, I want to reach people. Skate parks are open. I could create a flyer. I'll just, I don't, I don't, I was going up there and I'm like, I don't even have to work with churches. I could just literally, and, and this is going to be encouraging for people that are like, well, how can I be effective? What can I do? I don't have connections or whatever. I literally drove to Idaho with my family. I made flyers. They cost $200. I think it was $300 for 10,000 flyers. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good price. I drove to Idaho. I went there and I went to all the local skate parks. I had no, by the way, I had no city permits. I never contacted the city mm-hmm. for permits. I didn't, um, I didn't have a sound system for, for the skateboard events. Um, I just went every day and dropped off flyers. And then that was my goal. I said, hey, God, if five skate kids show up, I can minister to five if one, if, if there's more. I, my, my expectation was like 20 to 30 kids per park. Mm. I'm like, that was my mentality because I'm like, that's about how many kids skate the park every night. So I just went there and I said, God, I feel like you're leading me because I felt led to go there. Step out by faith, but I had nothing like planned really like on the back end. But I'm just showing up with flyers like it's going to happen. You know, it's all by faith. Mm. A flyer, no permits, nothing. I didn't even know if the city was going to shut down all the events because I didn't have permits. They could easily shut that down. Right. So what happened is I just stepped out by faith and I did the whole thing. And while I was there. I started getting emails to the whosoever's or on Instagram. People were contacting, hey, we want you to do a Kill the Noise event. Hey, we want you to speak here. Doors started opening. I just stepped out by faith with like, it's, it was almost like that the little the, the boy when they go, hey, we need to feed all these people. What do you got? And he's like, I got two fish and two breads. Is that, it was it two fish and two breads? Yeah. yeah. Two. Yeah. Well, whatever. You can yeah. re- We'll break it down later. Yeah, exactly. Check, check it. Fact check it. Yeah. Basically, he had he had very little. Let's just let's just sum it up. A little up bit like of that. fish, a little bit of bread. And he goes, "Look at Jesus, this is all I got. Like use it." And God multiplied it. And that's exactly what I did. Is I just said, "I got God. I got two hundred dollars worth of flyers, or three hundred dollars worth of flyers, ten thousand flyers, and there's there's skate parks, and I want to reach all the skate parks." And I just drove up there. And then what happened? God blessed it, and we were in front of dude. We were in front of like over probably a thousand kids or something. I love that you brought that up, too, because people have to see how tangible things are, how it's you're able to do these things. It's not about just having this hookup or whatever. It's being led by God's spirit. You know, on, a, on another level, what I saw this last week, um, some of um, uh, my wife and some of the moms in the area, like they got the kids together. They went to all these police departments. They had a heart to go to the police departments, made signs, went over there, talked to them, prayed for these police officers that are going through a lot of stuff right now. To be a police officer is really tough right now. They're getting a lot of bad slack, but they were able to go to about three or four different police departments in a couple hours, you know, talked with them. The kids had an amazing time, but they were praying for them and encouraging them. And those little things, you're able to be used by God. Uh, I was able to be uh, one of my buddies uh, was organizing an event for this last week um, on the 30th, right, was uh, Sex Trafficking Awareness Day. 
on the 30th, July 30th. Mm-hmm. And there were little pockets of people that were, um, you know, doing signs and just meeting up and just kind of like interceding. Um, I, my buddy asked me if I would go by. I went by one of the locations in Eastvale, but they were in Huntington Beach. They were in San Clemente. They were all over the place, yeah. Hollywood as well, and, and people standing in the gap. And sometimes it just starts by little steps of faith like that as well, like standing in the gap, being open for what God has for you in your own personal life. All right, guys, we have, we're going to have a call. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Emily. Emily from Huntington Beach. Emily, we have four minutes left. What is your question tonight? Hi, um, my question is, how do I respond to an atheist who asked me, can God do anything, like make a rock so big that he can't lift it? You know, I think those are all like, you know, these questions that people try to come up with. I, it's, I don't know why it, one's always brought up as being like, like, a, like that seals the deal or whatever. You know, the Bible speaks about God being the creator of the heavens and the earth. He spoke the world into existence. And I think that when it comes to this, Emily... Um, I have a lot of friends that are atheists or agnostic or whatnot. It all starts with just ha- having a heart of compassion and communication with them. You know, at the end of the day, they have their own philosophy or thoughts of where they feel like the world was created. And I think, you know, knowing a little bit of where they come from as well um, is good for you to be able to respond to them because really they just have a, a thought or philosophy. It's not foolproof. It's not soundproof for sure. Um and for us as being Christians, we have great answers to the big questions of life. And it really just comes down to being able to know what you believe. Um, because the things that we differ in, as far as like an atheist, will try to take God as, as being a necessity for creation. So then you have to go back, well, where did the earth, where it was created? And, you know, if they say it was eternal or... Um, it was the Big Bang Theory. You know, there's so many easy ways to poke holes into those arguments. Um, but I think for you, the biggest thing is just knowing in what you believe. I brought this up multiple times, and I love the, the, the term worldview that is brought up. And Ravi Zacharias used to do this so well. And you just yeah, yeah, do the questions, and it's just this. There's four questions that you have to ask yourself. Origin, uh, origin purpose. Is there such thing as right and wrong and destiny? And a worldview is brought together by that, an atheist or a Christian. And for a Christian to answer those views are very important. Origin, we believe that God created the heavens and the earth, that he spoke the world into existence, and everything has order because God is a God of order. Two, purpose, Bible says that God created man in his own image to have a relationship with him. I'm not an accident, you're not an accident, your friend that's an atheist is not an accident, you were made with a purpose. Three, there's such thing as right and wrong, sin. And then for destiny, I believe that when you die, you will be in God's presence. And I would encourage him to maybe answer those four questions himself and see what sparks up a conversation between the two of you. And you will see that your answers to those questions are so much more deeper, so much more profound. And it'll be a great way to have a good communication. Look up Ravi Zacharias. He's really good when it comes to speaking on atheists. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday for The Ryan Reese Show. So we have about 30 seconds left. I am going to plug the Whosoever's Movement. We are touring to the open states. Uh, We are booking a Northwest tour right now for Utah, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho, Montana. Um, Contact us at thewhosoever's.com. Um, check out our new film on the whosoevers.com website. 
It's a radical revival video. Uh, radical revival video of the Great Commission. We have products you could donate if you uh, if you're down for our cause and you want to help further our mission. Uh, that would also be awesome too. And we love you guys. And thanks for tuning in every week. Oh, we just got picked up on uh, three new stations, and Legit. one of them's in L.A. Legit. And I'm going to have to get to the bottom of that station for next week. But, uh, yeah, it's on Effect Radio. So, cool stuff. Keep the faith, guys. Take care. We love you guys. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday for The Ryan Reese Show.